Parenthood is a time of so much change for you and your baby. A little reliable information can go a long way towards making this new life a good life. I'm Jessica Rolfe, and this is My New Life, a Love Every Podcast. It's a hot topic in brain research. It's called executive function. The marshmallow test is a favorite research study. You might know the one. There's a child and a researcher, and the researcher places a marshmallow directly in front of the unsuspecting child. That kid is promised another marshmallow if she can avoid eating the first one until the adult returns. A camera records the tortured look on the child's face as they debate whether or not to eat that single marshmallow. The theory is the kids who can demonstrate self-restraint are wired for success later in life. There have been some important updates to this research, but the bottom line is impulse control is one of those important skills defined as executive function. Our guest today is an expert in this area, but this conversation is not only about high-level cognitive tasks. Dr. Melissa Clearfield is a professor of psychology at Whitman University, and she has some really grounding advice for us parents around connecting with our babies, because ultimately, that connection forms the touchstone for your baby as they go out into the world. So I will encourage you to tune into your listening device for the next 15 minutes or so, and then set it aside and tune into your baby. So Melissa, what is executive function? How do you define it for us parents? Executive function is all that higher level stuff that we do, the decision making, paying attention, shifting our focus from one thing to another, solving problems. All of that is considered executive function. And I've I've heard that executive function is like there's this key link between having high executive functioning skills and success later in life. Is that real? Is that true? The data suggests that there is a good link, and it makes a lot of sense if you think about it. People who can pay attention, who can focus on one thing, who can creatively solve problems, who can figure out the sequence to solve a problem, those are all skills that make sense that they would lead to success in life. So how early does this show up? You are a researcher of babies, and so can you see executive functioning showing up in babies? We can see early components of executive function, even in babies. So babies, even in their first few months of life, can pay attention. We can measure how they pay attention by how long they look at things. And in the second half of the first year, we can give babies simple problem-solving tasks. And those seem to be predictive of later executive function. And so what have you discovered in your research findings for executive functioning in babies in that first year of life? Like, Can you summarize some of the things that you've discovered? So my research focuses on the effects of poverty on babies. And so what I've been doing is repeating classic executive function tasks with babies, but comparing low income or babies from low income households and babies from high income households. And what I have found is on basically everything that I have measured, babies from low income households do not perform as well as babies from high income households. So even by six months of age, babies from low-income households focus their attention, look 
less long at toys. If you present them with a single toy, they won't look as long at it. If you present them with six toys all at the same time, they won't pay as much attention. And those differences just get magnified over time. So we measure the same babies at six months, nine months, and 12 months, and they just keep growing further and further apart. Wow. Wow. What is the intervention? What do you tell parents? How can we change this? Well, that's what I've been working on lately, actually, the last few years is trying to design an intervention to help boost executive function, something really simple that parents can do that, in fact, a lot of especially stay at home parents do. So the intervention that I've been kind of testing these days involves practicing attention and teaching. So what I ask parents to do is to turn off the TV and put down their phones and focus with their baby on a toy that I provide them. And it's just a really simple rattle, not one where you press a button and Mozart comes out, just a really simple rattle where baby's own movements will make sound happen. And I tell parents or I ask parents to show their baby how to explore this toy, show them how to bang it on the table to make a noise or slide it around or turn it around in their hand, like rotating it or transfer it from hand to hand, right? Actually demonstrate this and then give the toy to your baby and focus on your baby for 10 minutes a day, every day for two weeks. That's all it is. It's really simple. But our early pilot study found that babies who did this with their parents, where their parents were actually teaching them how to explore the rattle, they showed increased attention over time, even a month after the parents stopped. Wow. That is fascinating. It actually so much resonates with the Montessori philosophy. Do you feel the same that you do a toy introduction to the child? You oftentimes aren't verbalizing because you want to show with your hands and give your attention to the object, show how it, the rattle will make a noise, show them various aspects of the material, and then you give it to your baby and let them explore it. Is this resonating? Is this something that you're familiar with? Yes, it is absolutely resonating. That is exactly the theory behind the intervention. Part of what's important, I think, in this intervention is the parents focusing their attention on the baby. I think these days especially, I think it's really hard to get parents to put down their phones and just focus on their baby. And we've had families who have said, I'm sorry, I can't do this. Not, I can't give you 10 minutes a day. And I worry for those babies who can't get 10 minutes of undistracted time with a parent. Are you seeing with the onset of handheld devices, you know, for parents or smartphones, do you feel like this has really shifted in the last, do you think there's a correlation between the fact that we have devices so readily available both for ourselves and for our children and this executive functioning decline? I haven't seen the data on that. I will say, I don't think it would surprise me. Everybody thinks that they can multitask, but neuroscience tells us that nobody's brain can actually multitask. All we can do is switch back and forth very quickly. But every time we switch back and forth, we lose focus, of course. And so it would make a lot of sense to me, but I don't know those data myself. I do think that, or I wonder if the focus on parents using devices, how that has influenced things like attachment and bonding. 
Yeah. So fascinating and so concerning. Most every parent has been guilty of being distracted by our phones. It's just like you pick it up to do one thing and then there's 10 other things happening and you lose yourself. I just think it's so helpful to hear this reminder of just taking dedicated time to be there present, looking in your baby's eyes, sharing your attention on a rattle or something very simple. Um, okay. I have a question about these flashing light toys. So I remember my little, my little boy, I remember when he was, was a tyke, he would pull himself up and all of a sudden it was like, he would push one button and 10 lights are flashing and a song starts playing and music is playing. And it was almost like he was completely absorbed in this toy that did so much work for him. At Love Every, we focus on much more simple materials, things that make noise naturally because the child is creating the cause to the effect. Can you tell me about what is going on with all these electronic toys for babies? Is, is this okay or is it healthy or is it not okay? I don't know that it's as simple as okay or not okay. I think that the kinds of toys that you focus on where the children have to actively make them do stuff, I think that is better for promoting attention, exploration, executive function. I think the, the toys that are really flashy, they're really great for distracting your infant when you want to take a shower or make dinner or have five minutes to attend to your other children or the hundred other things you have going on in your life. You know, sometimes you need something to just occupy your baby's mind for five or 10 minutes so that you can go about your life. And I think those toys accomplish that because they are so overwhelming. But if you want to talk about what kinds of toys really promote learning and exploration and play and cognitive development, it's not going to be those toys. It's going to be just simple blocks, simple rattles, things that don't have a lot of flashing lights and music and things like that. Yeah, it's helpful to hear. If we can take a step back, when you're having that moment with your child where you're focusing on the object, tell me about giving your child multiple levels of stimulation. So talking and narrating what you're seeing and what you're touching, narrating for them. Like, At what point does language input benefit a child? And is there a time when you should actually not be giving them multiple forms of stimulation? This is something I always struggle with as a parent. I always want to explain everything. And I know that giving your child lots of words is so healthy. It is. I just also, but I'm wondering if there's a, a distraction element or there's the too many inputs is actually happening at once. Like you're talking to them. You're also shaking the rattle. You're also physically moving. You're showing them something. What is the kind of like the perfect modeling of this executive functioning moment with your child, this focused moment look like? I think the perfect model includes eye contact with your baby, both focusing on this toy and also the narration is fine. You asked how early should you be doing this? You should be doing this when you're still pregnant. There's this classic study that I love. I'm actually teaching it in my class tomorrow. It's a classic study where the researchers asked pregnant women to read stories to their fetuses in the last trimester. The stories were very specific, like the cadence was very specific to the story. They were certain Dr. Seuss stories. And then 
after the babies were born, they measured baby's preference for that story, even when it was read by a different voice. And they found that even at a week old, these newborns preferred the story that they had heard in the womb, even when it was read by somebody else. So these babies were listening. They were absorbing the cadence of the story even before they were born and they remembered it. There's nothing more important than your time, than your attention. That is what babies are craving. Yeah. And I think that we also hear, I mean, whether we like it or not, like our kids are learning from us. They're learning from our behaviors as parents. And so can you just tell us a little bit more about what it looks like to model that good executive function for our children? So I think some of the best things that you can do to model that for your children is to read to your child, even as infants, because that's both of you focused on something that's not flashing or talking to you. And the best way to foster strong attention is to simply practice. And so that is a fantastic modeling bit for your children is to read to them, to let them see you sitting and quietly reading a book, to talk to them. And then for the other elements of executive function, things like problem solving and means ends behavior, you need to give your child opportunities to try, opportunities to explore where you can then teach them and show them what to do and then make sure that you're giving them more and more challenging, more and more challenging problems to solve so that you are keeping up with your child because they learn so quickly. Their abilities change so quickly that something that's challenging now, probably not going to be challenging in a week or two. I love that. They're just so amazing how they learn and grow so much every minute and you get to see it every day in your work. That's so fun. Okay. So I feel like this is so grounding. It's actually what feels good as a parent. It feels good to be connected to your child. It feels good to take a break from all of the distractions that come up in our lives. That connection that you have with your child, that attachment relationship, the attachment style that you have with your infant actually sets the stage for that child's attachment style later in life in their romantic partnerships. There's a really strong correlation between that attachment to a parent and then later attachment to a romantic partner. So the more loving and stable and secure attachment that you can foster with your child, the better you are setting up your child for a lifetime of strong, stable, loving relationships. Wow. That's amazing. I know. It's also really terrifying as a parent. <laughs> <laughs> Melissa, I just love what you said that it can really make a difference. Just 10 minutes of focused attention on something as simple as a rattle or a ball or some kind of toy can make a difference. It can. And the intervention that I've been testing that's called play for success, we only had parents do that for two weeks. So 10 minutes a day for two weeks, and it made a difference even a month after they stopped. Wow. That is incredible. I love that. So we can do this. We can totally do this. I am so re-inspired as a parent of a four-year-old and seven-year-old and nine-year-old. I feel re-committed to putting my phone down and being with my child in the present moment. Well, excellent, because that's just going to benefit your kids and your relationship in the long run. So thank you. Thank you for that inspiration. 
I learned so much from that conversation. Let's review how we can foster executive function skills in our children. Takeaway number one, executive function is the higher level workings of our brain. Things like focus and decision-making and the ability to shift our attention from one thing to the other. Research has shown a key link between having high executive functioning skills and success later in life. Takeaway number two, you can practice attention with your baby by putting down your phone, turning off any background noise like music or TV, and focusing with your baby on one very simple toy for a short time. Here's how it works. Show your baby how to explore the toy and then give the toy to your baby and watch as they explore it. It's so simple. Let your child's attention drive the interaction. Early research shows that focusing together for 10 minutes a day can build executive functioning skills. Takeaway number three, it's never too late or too early to start building these skills. Until the mid-20s, our brains are constantly cycling through periods of building and pruning connections. You can find more information on executive functioning at the Love Every blog at loveevery.com. You've been listening to My New Life. If you think this episode might be helpful to a fellow parent, please share. And if you'd like to learn more about the topics discussed in today's show, head over to loveevery.com. That's L-O-V-E-V-E-R-Y.com. I'm Jessica Rolfe. Thanks for listening.